0: Another episode of Crossover Commerce. This is episode 173 of this show that I like to call Crossover Commerce. This is my corner of the internet, as the introduction stated, where I bring on the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce industry. I don't uh, I don't lean one way or to another. If you're talking Amazon, if you're talking e-commerce, we're all going to overlap and cross. Uh, I'm going to say cross-pollinate. That doesn't seem like the right. But we're all going to be talking about the same stuff. But if you're a first-time listener or watcher, uh, thanks for tuning into this show. I'm really excited to bring on our guest today. But before we get started, uh, I want to go ahead and just give a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is helping people save more of their hard-earned money when they're sending money, no matter where it might be. If you're sending it to a manufacturer or supplier, you're trying to get your goods on the water and into an FBA warehouse, you can do it quicker by using localized currency, and that can be helped by paying out with Ping Pong. Go ahead and sign up for free today, whether you're an international seller or you're just trying to get your business off and running and put some more margin percentage points to your bottom line. You can do that with Ping Pong payments. Just sign up for free today. By doing that with five clicks and you're approved, you're going to get $500 in your account by just getting started. Go ahead and do that. Sign up for free today and let them know Crossover Commerce sent you Anyways, that being said, we're going to be talking about, again, this is episode 173. If you're tuning in and listening to us live on our social channels, um, because it's a live functionality, we are able to actually look at all the questions that you might be um, asking or have about our show or our guests or the topic we are talking about today. And that topic is why you might want to hire an outside agency instead of in uh, in in-house. Uh, why you should hire an Amazon agency. An Amazon agency. There's so many different functionalities, right? Um, you can talk about a PPC agency uh, that could be uh, an Amazon agency. Someone who uh, runs the whole gamut that also is an Amazon agency. Or maybe I just want them to run the functionality of certain components of my business, not others. That too is an agency. So maybe we're gonna do, uh, what we're gonna do today is distinguish maybe why I should outsource my uh, resources to an agency in general, and then also. Uh, maybe compare the two between uh, keeping it in house and what the benefits, the pros and cons of working with amazing agencies that are, there are in this space. And so that's our topic today. Um, so uh, to to cover this topic, we brought in the one and only uh, person who has been in the space for quite a while. Uh, his name is Dan Brownshire of Channel Key. And Channel Key, uh, he is actually uh, co-founded. We uh, Dan is a natural thought leader in the Amazon retail strategy and emerging e-commerce trends. Has been commenting on multiple different uh practices, policies, and technologies as a uh, opinion leader, both in media as well as other people who are uh talking in the space. So he actually is the co-founder of Channel Key, the uh president, as the president and CEO, advising every one of the clients that they're operating with today. So without further ado, uh want to go ahead and bring on CEO of Channel Key, Dan sure of Channel Key. Again, Jan, thank you so much for hopping on today. It's been a pleasure.
1: Yeah, Ryan, uh, I'm super happy to be here. Appreciate uh, you having me on the show.
0: Of course. And again, everyone appreciate the reason why we started uh, late. Actually, I sent the wrong link to Dan. Dan's been Dan's been chomping out the foot, ready to go and ready to talk today. So I uh, apologize for that again as well. But my fault for starting a little bit later on in our time. So we're going to kind of fast forward through this real quick. Dan, tell me about the background. You you actually have experience. You've been operating, running Amazon brands and stores in the e-commerce space for quite a long time. Tell me about your background and why we are where we are today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, so my background, um, let's see. Channel Key was founded officially in 2017. January 2017, we incorporated. Um, and what's unique and I think important about us and our um the way we approach Amazon uh, is our pedigree. So, we spun out of a sister org that I co-founded about 14 years ago with some college buddies uh, called Trend Nation, uh, and Trend Nation is a product company uh, that is selling primarily through marketplaces, Amazon, Walmart.com, Target Plus, uh, around today, uh, doing well into the eight figures annually uh, as as a private label product developer and seller through the platform. Um, and so we cut our teeth uh, as operators of a product business on Amazon, uh, and have been doing it for quite some time. And what we like to say is we we made all the mistakes uh, ourselves, so our clients don't have to. Um, and what know. we saw, yeah, what we saw kind of over the years. So we started, you know, selling on Amazon really in 2010-ish time frame, 2011. So we've ridden up. The FBA or or three P kind of seller central business profile over the years and saw the changes and iterations. The business pivoted multiple times. We were uh, started as private label, then became a, a a distributor and a reseller, then an exclusive reseller, kind of working with products that we own and also working with uh, and reselling other brands' products, like really well known brands. Um, and we kind of saw the manifestation of a lot of the changes that happened on the marketplace over the years with uh, price degradation, really you're you're trading commodities for a long period of time on Amazon, just reselling other brands' products. And we said, you know what, there's a, maybe a better way to do this. Uh, why don't we go help other brands create best in class Amazon businesses? Uh, we've already done it for ourselves. And so that was the genesis of, of channel key. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to today, where we are a full service agency. You talked about, uh, Ryan, different types of agencies, um and we are of the full service uh, set of kind of deliverables. Um we've got uh, we're a fully remote shop. Uh we've got folks all over the world, uh many clients, brand owners, manufacturers, uh we're acknowledged Amazon partner, integrator, part of their network, GAPD member. Uh we operate within terms of service at a high level. Uh and we meet our clients where they're at uh in various phases of the life cycle. So it's amazing. Uh, that's the background.
0: Well, yeah, congratulations on the success. And obviously you've seen the whole spectrum. So first and foremost, that, that's, that's perfect that you had already distinguished the difference between full service and you know partial in, in different iterations. What, what's it been like as you've seen this kind of, this transition of everywhere you look now, it's almost different service or a different person who's running and operating Amazon businesses. Um, but then also taking that down to almost a niche level of Uh, PPC. And then again, you're doing photography or video only or um, any sort of logistics or anything like that.
1: Yeah. So it's really interesting that, uh, you know, for for your viewers, I'm sure they're aware there, there's just so much activity in the space right now, Uh, whether it's aggregators that are buying up FBA businesses or agencies that are, uh, uh, that are growing, whether it's adjacent Amazon technology companies that have developed amazing software to help activate, brands on amazon like there's so much noise like good noise and activity in the space and i think what's generally interesting about it is there's not a single way that's the best way right there's different iterations and ways that you can set up a business to service uh clients or brands or companies on amazon and and um there's there's a there's a lot of options, a lot of resources. So for us, you know, we are full kind of believers in this full service model. That's our structure and strategy. Um, you know, we, what we like to say is you can have the most amazing PPC strategy in the world. You can have the most amazing listings uh, in the world, content, graphics, all of these things. But if you can't operate your business, you can't keep your product in stock, your supply chain falls apart. You don't have the correct API integrations on the back end. Uh, you can't keep the, the health of your account in a good state. None of it matters, right? None of it matters. Um, but for other agencies or other types of service offerings, that might be okay. You know, if a if if, if brand is totally dialed in operation and they got their back end structured and they just need really advanced help with traffic driving and advertising, that's okay. It's an option. Um, if brands have a team and they just need software and they want to piece together a Uh, a a, a list of different types of softwares, that's okay. That's an option for you. Um, So I think what I'm I'm trying to say is there's so much opportunity out there. There's so much white space available and uh, brands that want to perform on the channel that naturally it's created opportunities for different types of service providers to carve out their niche and support uh, brands on Amazon.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, you, mentioned a couple different things, like you've had this background and I'm assuming you've been like everyone else. You've seen this evolution of the aqua aqua hire or the, the growth aggregators or the, the, they call them, they call them two different things, right? There there's the aggregation of a brand of basically buying an outright brand that's successful on Amazon or in other parts of e-commerce.
1: And then yeah. you also
0: have the accelerators, right? The people who are trying to, uh, help in a certain functionality, help that brand be more by investing more into it, or just like tweaking a few things here and there. And as well as they operate a- as an agency owner, and I haven't been able to ask this strictly outright, and maybe you're the person to ask this too. Yeah. How do you, f- how do you feel you fit in this ecosystem? Does it feel more comfortable, less comfortable? Is it, is it challenging or is it exciting? Like what are, what are your feelings as an agency owner? I would say
1: yes, Ryan, to everything you just said. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's exciting. Um, And yes, I think we fit in. Um, You know, the aggregator model is an interesting model. Uh, And what's interesting, just so you're aware, is the company that we started, Trend Nation, was acquired. We were acquired relatively recently and has become an aggregator. And so I'm seeing that firsthand on the product side of things. Um, the, the accelerator model is a, is an interesting and great model. I think what you're referencing are the folks that are buying inventory. Okay. The patterns of the world, the quivers of Mm -hmm. the world, those groups. Um, and I'm really familiar with that business model as well. And it's a great model. Um, but uh, others, the agency makes the most amount of sense. So it really just depends on where the brand is at and what they want. Okay. And so I've come across a scenario recently, which I think might give some insight into this. Uh, call it a very well-known global consumer electronics brand. Okay. We're speaking to them about the agency model versus the, uh, the accelerator model. Um, and bits and pieces of the agency model made, made the most amount of sense for them. They wanted to own the account. They wanted to control the pricing. They, they wanted to be the seller of record but where they really liked the accelerator model was uh, in the the international aspect of it. Um, they had various distribution agreements, territory agreements in Europe uh, where they couldn't necessarily direct compete with their distributors or wholesalers or retailers. And so using the accelerator model for them made the most amount of, uh, amount of sense. They, they avoided dealing with all the governance of their distribution agreements uh, and. And designated another merchant of record to be their provider uh, that had the infrastructure, had the warehousing, had all the the operations in place to to support them. And so in that scenario, it made sense for them to go with the accelerator model. In other scenarios, you know, in other scenarios, the agency makes the most amount of sense. And it, it, you know, it, it can boil down to a margin discussion. There's a margin equation. Okay, we're talking about a wholesale relationship versus a retail relationship. There's a control element. Do you as the brand owner want to control the, the account? Do you want to control the brand registry? Do you want to control the content, the ad strategy, all of the above, and allocate your budget? Or do you want to lean on somebody else to be your merchant of record that has that, that control on your behalf? And so, again, like we're, we are pro-full-service agency because we're biased, and that's our business, and we believe in it. But it doesn't always mean that's the right decision or right strategy for all brands um and so you got to talk through it and you understand where you're at in the life cycle what you want uh and what uh you you know controls you may or may not not have to give up to achieve what you want
0: the switzerland of the e-com world right that's why i like to say we are too but it sounds like what this agent with the agency model is and and that's where i've tried to figure out you know how 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 this evolves right e-commerce Like you said, you've only been, you've been doing this since 2010. Um, before then we we didn't get into too much background, but for 10 years, the selling online is still so much in its infancy and still as everything someone evolves and develops again, you saw news yesterday of acquisitions of technologies across platforms. For example, I'm sure you're aware of this, um, assembly who owns helium 10 and a bunch of other tools and suites. Uh, owns uh, or just acquired Packview which now has now taken them to another level in terms of entrepreneur or like enterprise level getting into different marketplaces so on and so forth so there's this consolidation but also evolution of the space both in tools services as well as people who are running it so yeah. with with that being said who who's kind of folk, like if I'm a seller and I want to get in this because of entrepreneurship, there's so many different routes that you're going to have to take. Are you seeing more people go a certain direction or is it really just based upon like product brand? Like we had talked about earlier there, there's all these different channels at which they want to maybe be involved with in in a process of being an entrepreneur. Like you said, full service Perfect. agency. I'm just going to assume that it's more hands-off and they, you know they're relying on you, but if they want to ha- partner with and they want to eventually exit a business, maybe that's more hands-on and they only piecemeal things together. Well, what's kind of that evolution or how are you seeing people kind of becoming yeah. more into the space? So does that quick, make sense?
1: I, yeah, it does. It's just to put a quick clarification. So if I'm an entrepreneur, right, and I say mm-hmm. I want to get into the e-commerce space, okay, are you asking whether or not I should become a, I should develop a software or sell a product or build a, build a service business or are you saying if i'm a, if i want to create a product business should i manage it myself should i an agency what software should i get is that the question
0: i'm asking both yeah so i'm asking both so i would say, i would like to say first if i if i'm in the space as a product based business um and yes. i'm getting into this what what do you think as you're kind of previewing the landscape and we'll go product based business. Yeah. Is there, is there a way that a lot more people are tending to go towards that you think in your, in all of your knowledge and wisdom, obviously you don't have your eyes on everything. What's, I, what's that trending to go towards?
1: I think it depends Ryan on who's, who's starting the company. If it's a single individual entrepreneur that, you know, is creating side hustle uh, that wants to learn about yours. Um, uh, what i typically see is uh leveraging content that exists on how to sell on amazon okay finding youtube content finding folks that have courses uh reading blogs um and learning and learning for yourself okay sourcing products for yourself leveraging the alibabas of the world and in various sources and finding products and the healing tens of the world that you can source and sell um and uh, learn the basics uh, yourself. Okay, there are software that you can get along the way. The Jungle Scouts, the you know, you can find management software. But if you're small and you're a one or two person show and you got one product, you don't need that stuff. You need to learn the basics, the fundamentals, and execute it on, uh, on it uh, yourself. And that's typically that's a that's one path in. Another pathway we see is there is a more uh, resourced effort okay, where maybe a company spins off a division or, uh, uh, or uh, uh, a manufacturer or a traditional wholesaler or a contract manufacturer says, hey, you know what? We want to go D to C. Like, we're really good at manufacturing uh, kitchen utensils. I'm just making this up. Uh, we've been doing it for everybody else for a long time. Um there's a squeeze on supply chain. There's always a squeeze on margins. We're really good at making kitchen utensils. Why don't we go C and create our own kitchen utensil brand? And so in that scenario, where you've got an established base, you've got resources, you've got capital, you've got access to products, we typically find that uh, their e-commerce staff is non-existent in a lot of cases. And that's where we can come in as an agency and say all right guys we're going to wrap our arms around you you can create create great products we can help you with you know data and defining what the best products are you create the brand you get the trademark and we're going to build you a strategic business plan to operate and execute on amazon at a very high level okay so it just depends on um who the individual or company is that's entering the market uh, what the best pathway is and how much resources right. they have and what their goals are.
0: Right. Do you, do you like the question if Amazon, I'm assuming you get this question all the time as an agency yeah. of when they, when they're discussing with you is the, is the marketplace crowded is, is selling on Amazon still profitable. Can I, can I make money? I saw this yes. I saw this question yesterday in some Facebook forums and I just, I mean, I a laugh to myself because they're asking a group of Amazon sellers. Why? Like, is this something that people still do? Is this something that people are finding profitable in a lot of comments for coming back? Like, no, of course, like we just like to do this for fun or like for hobbies or anything like that, do you, do you actually still get those questions quite often of, uh, is it, is it still profitable in terms of, or should we, we should pack up in and maybe like close shop.
1: Yeah. So. We get the profitability question all the time. It's not necessarily related to, is Amazon a good opportunity or not? Okay. Or from a life, life cycle perspective, like is Amazon tapped out or is it too dense with, with brands or products? It's not necessarily that equation. It's more like, hey, can I actually make money on this platform given their fees? Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think you're referencing is the the rising. So, so Amazon a pay-to-play marketplace, period. End of story. Pay-to-play. Okay. Obviously you're going to pay the, the toll. Okay. Which are your referral fees and your distribution fees and all these things. But the variable cost that is it rising rapidly is advertising.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So advertising is becoming crowded, is becoming more competitive. CPCs are going up. Um, and so that is providing a, a significant amount of variable margin squeeze in competition. Um, my personal view on, on the matter is, um, Amazon is still in its infancy. Um, there's a ton of upside and opportunity. Um, and I don't think people, and I don't even know what it will look like in the next three to five years, it's changing very rapidly. Okay. And, and the way products will be sold, uh, through Amazon, uh, Ecom, brick and mortar, more channel leveraging the infrastructure that they keep building, it's going to keep changing. Um, and those that are willing to do it at a high level and be on the forefront and take advantages of the new programs and the new opportunities, the new ad types um, and the various ways to, 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 to build a brand on the platform, you, there's a ton, of, a ton of upside. There's a Very ton cool. of upside, in my opinion. I mean, as a percent of total retail, e-commerce is still a small percentage. It's growing fast. Um, And you know what? It's also interesting, too, is Amazon seems to be cracking down recently on a lot of sellers that aren't necessarily living within terms of service. They banned hundreds of very large Chinese accounts. Um, And so I don't know what that means other than that might create more white space and opportunity for others to enter the space. Um, But it's an evolution. And I don't think anybody is. Uh, shying away from shopping on Amazon at this point. Maybe they're leveraging other marketplaces, okay, which is an opportunity the Walmarts of the world, the targets of the world. Um, But uh, there's a lot of upside here. There's a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just getting more complex. It's just getting more complex and more competitive. And so if there's an appetite to participate in that environment, uh, you know, there's a ton of upside.
0: Well, yeah, and what you alluded to is the crackdown notion of The reason why there was a crackdown again, this is both service provider as well as uh, seller uh, accounts as Amazon strictly has their terms of service, which again, in certain notions, it's gray, certain notions, but in other notions that it's pretty black and white of this is what we expect. This is how we um, reward. This is how we actually negate, or we actually, it's hurtful to your business, but also our platform. Therefore we will remove you without haste and a lot more people are saying, you know, acts in, in terms of the the Holy grail, right. I call it the holy trifecta of, in terms of ranking manipulation, review manipulation, or just manipulation of either hacking or other sorts of getting into other people's accounts. Those are the three that they hold dear and near to uh, their own hearts. So if there's any sort of no, no tactics. That is, that is what they're getting rid of. It's not based upon where a locator and things like that. But, uh, yep. I saw someone, I saw someone joke and say, Hey, those people are not going over to Walmart and now are, are selling on Walmart and stuff on Amazon. Yeah. So again, uh, joking capabilities of that, um, what, what keeps you as an agency owner, uh, again, maybe what are the struggles on a day-to-day basis? Because you're operating yeah. as a company, tens, if not hundreds of brands, I'm assuming, uh. On a day to day basis, you have this team of people. What's kind of the, the difficulties on a day to day basis for you guys?
1: Um, man, this is a great question. And it depends on which to ask me, right? Because it changes quickly. So
0: I know. What's, what was on today's menu? Like, what were the struggles today?
1: Yeah, let's see. Um, so, I, running any type of business, especially a growing business, is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. You're faced with problems every single day and the pendulum swings back and forth between um, having an, a, the most amazing ever and having the worst day ever. And it happens really quick. It's so trying to stay in the middle and realize that it's not as good as you think and it's not as bad as you think always is a mindset that I try to live and I try to push to my team as well. So the struggles, so I'm in the people business um, we're a tech enabled agency. I'm, so I'm in the people business and the technology business. I don't sell, I don't have physical products. I don't have a warehouse. I don't have an office. So, remote. So, my challenges uh, can relate to a lot of things. Um, hiring is tough. Okay. Now, it's better for us as if we've gone remote. I, I hire the best people all over the world, which is fantastic. I don't. Worry about geography or location or finding the best talent within a specific city. I can hire anybody anywhere, which is awesome. Um, Finding talent right now is hard and it's getting more and more expensive. As the uh, proliferation of Amazon happens, the aggregators come in. Ratio continues to raise their valuation by, it seems, a billion dollars every other week. And you know what? They need people they got a lot of money and these aggregators have a lot of money. And so there's just a run on talent, right? A run on, a run on people. So finding talent is tough. Um, we're heading to Q4, okay? We're, we're dealing with supply chain issues with most of our clients. And so managing a Q4 strategy, uh, which most of our clients are Q4 seasonal with constraints on supply chain Furthermore, with constraints on FBA capacity, the ability to ship product into FBA, that is creating challenges operationally, structurally. We try to forecast our clients' businesses every single month, and it gets really challenging and complex because it's the goalposts are getting, they continually get moved, right? They're just getting moved. And so managing expectations and trying to create the best outcome possible in Q4 is really hard. Um, In a service business, and a service company uh, that is run by people, how do you create a repeated, uh, consistent service and outcome for your clients with different personalities and different people? That's a hard thing. So it's incumbent upon me and our, our leadership team to build systems, processes, train our people. Um, and be as clear as possible around expectations and, and, and what the channel key way is. Um, so that's a challenge for us. Um, you want to keep going? Oh, up? no, I was going
0: to say, like, that's a lot on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, that, that well, and like you had mentioned, it's um, on a day-to-day basis. I think the people thing is the most intriguing thing to me. And I, and I say this as a person who's worked in multiple different SaaS and service companies and still work in the service company Uh, to this day is I've constantly heard the thing of people. And you said just the hiring of different, not just, not just agencies, right? Agencies. There's a lot of as well, but each aggregator, which again, are upwards of 80 that are public, there's also private. And then you have the nature of people running teams and for each brand on Amazon, then if you want to make that channel go direct to consumer, there's another team, but. We were doing, I was doing math on a mastermind group. And I said, I know for a fact that they're for marketing team, just for one brand, it's our brand or a couple brands, anywhere from five to 10 people. We'll just call it 10 for a brand. And that's just on Amazon that's right. uh, that's supply chain or that's uh, branding. That is making sure that your listings are optimized. You're, you're in charge of that brand. Is there a point of which the people power can out outweigh the the brand the nature of like is that unsustainable to have 10 people per brand per acquisition because once you start to do the math of i have 200 brands i'm operating i have 300 brands i'm operating you start to do that math in your head you're like what in that nature is unsustainable is it the brands or is it the people most often it's going to be the people right
1: yeah so I think what you're referencing is scaling a service-based company that's built around people.
0: Right? That's correct, and, right?
1: And, and, and as costs go up, and you know, software technology, the software costs go up, the people costs go up, right? There's a margin squeeze, in essence. Um, and so, when does it stop becoming sustainable? You're asking.
0: Right. Yeah. Is, is there is there an actual cap to that? Because <laughs> At the current nature, unless you consolidate, right? Unless that person who's operating one brand now operates three or five, like that's the quickest way you can do that. But
1: the the balance of finding efficiency. Okay. And leveraging scale, like there's leverage and scale, you know, if to your point, if, so let's just call a real world example. Okay. You mentioned, I don't know, eight people to manage a brand, um, it's interesting. We so for our clients, okay. On average, eight different individuals touch our client accounts every single month. Every specific job function, okay, could be advertising, could be copywriting, could be graphic design, could be analytics, could be general account management. <laughs> but as you grow in scale, you find opportunities for efficiencies. Okay, so the graphic designer might not just need to focus on the one account; they can focus on seven accounts. Okay. Um, there might be a technology that allows us to visually integrate data together and create dashboards so we can make more critical decisions faster. And so there's just this if you want, if you continue to increase stepwise uh, with people, it can get to a point where it becomes too cumbersome to manage and you lose efficiency. So that can happen. And so <clears throat> finding this balance between people and technology, and where you've got economies of scale uh, as you grow is the critical part in my opinion about running the agency. You know, you build a team structure, you build a model, and then you break it. And that's okay. And so what's next? How do we tweak the model? How do we create a new role? How do we find a way to outsource a role? Like, There's different pieces and ways to piece work together uh, without diluting the, the, the quality of the service.
0: Absolutely. What, what is, um, to your mind, maybe you can only speak on yourself. What's the, yeah. what's the, what's the end point to an agency? Like, what is the, what's the ultimate goal for you? Is it a certain amount of accounts you're operating is it a certain amount of revenue for me, I always look at a creative agency to be in business and you obviously want to hire more accounts right? Yeah. At, at scale, you want more and more, is there an actual roadmap? and end goal for you and your team because is it to be acquired or is it to be we want to manage 300 brands what's that goal for you as an agency or do you think for most agencies
1: you know every agency is different the goals are different um the approach is different the ownerships are all different and so for us you know i can speak to us is our our objective is we want to develop our people Okay. Like we are a culture and people focused agency. Okay. So, um, we're, I'm a fan of this concept of, uh, Simon Sinek's the infinite game, right? It's an infinite game. We're playing and There's no finish line. Okay. There's, there's not a football game where the clock starts and the clock ends. Okay. The clock just keeps running and the players in the game change and the goals change. And so we want to develop our people Um, And if they leave us for whatever reason, they are better off than they were when they started. Okay. So building our people, developing our people, uh, whatever that means to them is one of our objectives. And the second objective is to deliver fantastic results for our clients and create value for our clients. Um, And so if we can do those two things, we're winning in my book, we're winning. Now, is it 10 clients or... 10, or, or 10,000 clients. I don't have a number. We're just trying to do good work and create more and more value for our people and more value for our clients and opportunities will naturally present themselves. Uh, whether it's the right opportunity or not, we don't know. We just make the decision at that time. Um, so for, you know, I met you Ryan through us building our, our partner ecosystem. And the reason we're building a partner ecosystem is create value for our clients and, um, and that's a learning and that creates opportunities and so we're just moving the ball forward i like to grow things quickly um you know the and ultimately i'm not i don't have there is no finish line for me there's no finish line uh, and i had learned that the hard way because if you think there's a finish line you keep working towards that finish line and guess what it always moves it just keeps moving (laughs) and it's You know, and it's at the end of the
0: day, there's no like checklist, like the checklist keeps on going, like you keep unfolding um, it and it keeps going, right?
1: No, there is no there, right? And so we just, we just do, we do good work. We do it the right way. uh, We develop our people. We deliver good results. We learn, we we change, we get better uh, and we create more and more value for our clients as they grow and develop. That's how we operate. That's our mindset.
0: I love that. Uh, I'm going back to the the person and the kind of topic that we kind of uh, wanted to stay with, and why you should hire an Amazon agency. And I'm yeah. thinking about if I was in the market to potentially hire Channel Key or somebody else in this space. Yes. What What Dan? Would you say I would think the number one nature for most people who operate a brand would be I want to make sure the attention is focused on my brand. I want to make sure that you're, and this is unrealistic, and I get this. That there's going to be um, eyes of my brand, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. People are going to be baby and nurturing, nurturing this when in fact, it's going to be a part of lots of processes. Like you said, there's going to be seven, eight people touching it on a month to month basis. Yeah. How do you, how do, how do you handle that conversation with a brand that says, listen, we're going to pay really close attention to it. And it's going to be equal to everyone else. We don't have a favorite, uh, money's not going to operate and, and channel it. But at scale, like you might have to have more people to a brand versus a somebody that might just need a few things to look at here, or there. It's almost automated yeah. versus a hands-on approach. How do you have that difficult conversation with people?
1: Yeah. You know what? It's actually not that difficult for us, Ryan. I mean, we're we're a super transparent shop, okay? And the way I would approach that conversation is there's a couple of ways. One is um, talk to our clients. Talk to them. Right? We've got case studies. I've got referrals. Uh, please talk to my clients. They'd be happy to talk to you. Um, and the second, and I think really big component here, and we learned this the hard way, is creating alignment and creating alignment early on what the goals are. Okay? So, what can happen in the agency setting with, with clients is your expectations are not aligned. Okay? We're not working towards the same goal so very early on what we do is we create a a very robust strategic business plan okay that that says and we do this with our clients uh it says what the goals are what the kpis are what the merchandising calendar is what the ad budget is okay we we work to the plan okay we align on the plan we agree on the plan and we work to the plan and if we're off plan the conversation becomes how do we course correct? If we're above plan, we pat each other on the back and we say how do we keep this going or even faster. And so I, I, I think the answer is, what do you want? Okay, as a brand, like this is a, we ask the brand, what do you want? What are your goals? What do you care about? What are the issues you have in your business? Okay, and can we effectively align on expectations? And if the answer is yes, we're good. It doesn't matter right you're coming to me for a reason right or we're coming to you for a reason what's the issue there's a reason okay let's talk through the reason figure out where you want to be and we'll tell you if we can get you there or not and if we can't we will tell you we can't get you there it doesn't make sense and so i think the key is just aligning on expectations right that's the whole
0: thing. no that's a great that's a great thought and i and i've had to advise lots of different brands too is make sure you understand the upfront nature. Cause I hate it when, and this is me personally, and I think everyone hates this yeah. it's when you're over, pro- when you're over promised and under delivered, like I think yeah. across the board, that should be the basis of any sort of service provider, right? You want to over promise or you want to always over deliver, but then yeah. also make sure the expectations are going to be say, Hey, listen, this is going to take a lot of work, whether it be time, money, or effort, Yeah. where we can do that. If, this or these expectations can be met and I think that's always what's missing in terms of whether it's a service base in this industry or saying yeah well we'll, we can just throw money at it and it'll fix itself no it could be an issue of like your product itself or there it can be a whole list of things and they just go around from agency to agency and they're like yeah we can fix it and then like hire us to do this and we'll throw money at ppc but at the core of it they don't fix it Again, this is a one-off nature of example, but when someone doesn't meet those expectations, does it, do you come, do you have lots of clients that come to you and say, Hey, we were burned by this company XYZ because they said they could do this. They didn't do this. What are we missing here? And they almost have come up with more questions than they have answers.
1: All the time. It happens all the time. Uh, And there's a lot of- What do you think that is? Great work. Why do I think that is? Um, I don't know. It could be a number of things. Um, I mean, listen. It took us a while to get where we're at, okay? We're, you know, I have almost 45 people on my staff and we're growing and we weren't always this way. And I'm not saying we're the greatest in the world, but we're a lot better than we were three years ago, okay? And we made a lot of, we've made a ton of mistakes along the way. And so I don't necessarily, I believe people are good, right? And they're not, people aren't saying they can do things uh, when they fully believe they can't. Uh, I believe that it's just hard. And that maybe they're not asking the right questions, or they're not having the right communication on the front side to create alignment. Um, and I and honestly, I think that's it. I, I really think that is it. Um, we so if there's a misalignment between the client and the agency, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for the agency, and it's not good for the client. And if you want to continually churn business and build a bad reputation it's easy to do. It's easy to do. Okay. You can, to your point over promise and not deliver. And you're going to build a reputation accordingly. And you're going to churn clients and you're not going to have a sustainable business. And so we've taken the approach that we, we're going to do a ton of work on the front side and figure out if this is the right fit, not only for us, but for you guys, like you need mm-hmm. to be comfortable with us. Here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. Okay. If you want us to grow your business from from one million to, to twenty million in one year, you know, maybe that's achievable, but maybe not. And if it's not achievable, we're gonna tell you it's not achievable. Because for me and my staff and my people, where you start to to really win um, is by building long-term relationships and long-term partnerships with clients. Like that's how you win. And if it's a constant back and forth and inflow and outflow of clients, guess what? Your people are going to be unhappy and your in your and your clients are
0: Absolutely. Not sure if you're still there, Dan. <laughs> you, your screen went blank all of a sudden. We might have lost Dan. Everyone, let me go ahead and try to get him back. If he if he's not, if he is there, we'll just wait for him to unfreeze for a second. But if that's the nature, uh, Dan, I'm going to pull you off until you unfreeze for a second, if you can hear me. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to go. So, so right now, uh, we were talking with Dan Brown here of channel key. If you're watching us live again, this is the nature of having a live broadcast. I'm going to keep an eye on, see if Dan can come back or not, but we have, uh, Dan, who's the CEO and co-founder. We're talking about why Amazon, uh, why hire an outside agency and what's the benefits and natures of, uh, selling online and, and working with an agency. And again, we talked to everything and every, anything and everything from both full retail uh, or full scope and full service agency all the way to um just be more niche and focused and uh, the, the pros and cons of running multiple brands and whatnot. So Dan Dan hopped off. And again, I want to make sure if, before he comes back, I want to make sure that we give him an opportunity to come back. Otherwise we'll have to cap it at that today. Again, technical difficulties on the day-to-day when you have live uh, podcasting, this is what you do sometimes technology and we'll just blame the internet doesn't work on a day-to-day basis. So Dan can come back on. That would be fantastic. If not, we'll have to have him on again on a different nature. But again, if you're watching or listening to this podcast episode, again, this is episode 173 of Crossover Commerce. Uh, this is my corner of the internet. I'm Ron Kramer, where I host Amazon experts and uh, thought leaders in the Amazon e commerce space, where they can talk through and apply applicable knowledge again, uh, depending on what's going on in the world. We talked so much about. Um, the difference between acquiring different businesses, but then also working with agencies or growth accelerators. There's actually just so many more subcategories in which that there are brands entering the space. They have they're choosing whom they should work with. So that's that's one of the natures that I want to make sure I got Dan on to talk about and say for each brand, is it as easy and or as difficult as it might seem to choose between those operations, whether it be selling off your business or working with people at scale to help you grow further, um, like a full service agency, or using people to help you boost in certain areas. And we talked about that with the acceleration route of, hey, I want to be able to utilize you in terms of the international aspect of my business instead of just the domestic uh, part, wherever you might be selling from. So we covered a lot about that in our episode. And just kind of wrapping up to I'm going to assume that Dan just can't get back on or his internet kicked out. I know there's a little bit glitchy there. That's okay because I want to make sure I get him back too, uh, maybe for a roundtable discussion to talk through some of these different topics. If we happen to catch him, um, I'll make sure I give him some parting words. But if you have your questions, feel free to put them in the comment section below. Or if you are listening to this live, you can connect with Dan as well. For everyone who's watching this live, I'll go ahead and mention that you can connect with Dan on his uh, LinkedIn page. Then also you can connect with uh, channel key at uh, just channelkey.com, key, excuse me and uh, just search for them on Google. It's really easy to find their content and services if you are in the nature of looking for a business uh, that can maybe help you take your business to the next level in that agency world. Again, just going ahead and cap off a little bit early today and saying that due to te- technical difficulties, I appreciate Dan uh dan brown of channel key for hopping on crossover commerce today again we're gonna roll with the punches as we do with every single episode and uh thank him today uh now considering him a friend of the show um it was a pleasure just to kind of pick his brain for being in the space again for as uh for as long as he has been on the space that being said this has been crossover commerce i'm ron Kramer. we'll be back again live tomorrow we're gonna actually be talking about Um, specifically have on again, friend of the show, Chris Freiberger of InReach. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, Amazon aggregator challenges. Yes. That is what is not the, not the sunshine and rainbows version What are actually the challenges of so many different businesses that are coming into the space. They're coming into this space, telling people that they can buy their business and take it to the next level. What are the challenges of running an aggregator or business brand growth, uh, business? So we're going to be talking through that and he is he's been fantastic has his pulse on the industry both on the the service side the agency side as well as seller side and helping people connect the dots there as well so we're going to be talking about that again live on our channels on facebook linkedin youtube and twitter also you can listen to this all every podcast that we publish on our favorite podcast destination or if you go to usa.pingpongnext.com forward slash podcast that's where you will be able to listen to those as well i'm ryan kramer this is crossover commerce We'll catch you guys next time on a oh, final words from Dan. If he is there, he just hopped back on. Dan, we caught you before we signed off.
1: Sorry, Ryan. My internet totally just crashed. I'm on my cell phone That's okay. right now. I apologize.
0: That's okay. And I know you have to go too. Was there any party words? I know we were kind of wrapping up here. What, what What's kind of like your forecast again for the remainder of 2021 and going into the next part of the year?
1: Um, my forecast, uh, Ryan, is rosy. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling positive about the economy. I'm feeling positive about the e-commerce space. I'm feeling positive about Amazon and other channels. And I think that, uh, the dynamic is going to continue to be, uh, fruitful, uh, with upside for the folks that perform at a really high level, whether you're a technology company or an agency or a brand, there's so much opportunity out there. and There's so much capital right now, uh, that exists, uh, that I think, um, I'm bullish I'm bullish Ryan and I think I like uh, it I have just a ton of excitement around it um, and a ton of excitement about the space and what we're building at channel key in general
0: so and people can't connect with you I mentioned you're on LinkedIn but also on your website is there a better way to connect with you or the team
1: yeah I would say uh, follow me on LinkedIn follow channel key on LinkedIn we produce a ton of content uh, sign up for our blogs on our website so www.channelkey.com is a good place um, message me message our team follow our content um, you know we're happy to to help in any way we can. Um, so stay close that's awesome
0: well and now I was telling people now friend of the show we'll have you I have to have you have have to have you come back on just to kind of go down these dark paths that we both kind of set and set the tone for and, <laughs> and go into more in depth on but hey thank you so much for sharing your insights especially for Q4 I think there was a big distinguishing difference that I loved hearing me personally. Uh, but thank you so much for hopping on. I know you have a meeting to go to, so I was going to wrap this up naturally for people. So, uh, thanks so much for hopping on another episode of crossover commerce.
1: Yeah, Ryan, thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. I'd love to join you again. We got plenty to talk about. So let me know when, uh, when you're open or ready and, and I'll be there.
0: Of course. Thank you, Dan. And again, thank you everyone else for coming on Crossover Commerce. I'll go ahead and now cap us off on this episode. We'll catch you guys tomorrow again on another episode as we talk with, again, Chris Freiberger, Amazon aggregator challenges. We're going to be talking with him. Uh, He represents InReach and we're going to be discussing not just the rosy side of aggregator business, but the challenges of which they are operating under as well. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care.